Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Today, we, we start a new series, and, and uh, I'll, I'll, if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you have a pew Bible, uh, if you don't have a Bible, um, this blue Bible is yours. You're welcome to take it. Um, please take it. If you have a Bible and you know somebody who doesn't, take it. Give it to them. Um, this, is, this is from us to you and from us to them uh, because we really firmly believe the importance of the Word of God. It is really small print, so you may need some magnifying glasses. I don't know. But uh, if you would open up to Genesis chapter 12, that's where we're going to start today. That's where we're going to sit today. Um, and uh, as you're opening there, um, the adventurer, and this is why this picture works so well, the adventurer, the wanderer, the nomad, um, by the name of Christopher McCandless, um, you may not know him, but he is the subject of uh, the movie Into the Wild, and he, uh, he said that the very basic core of a man's living spirit is his passion or her passion for adventure. And I got to thinking that over the span of about 250, maybe 300 years, humanity has gone on a massive journey, a massive adventure. We have moved from a horse and carriage to uh, the railway, to the trolley, to the Model T, to the GTO, to the Tesla. We've moved from Morse code to the telegraph, to the telephone, to the cell phone. The massive mainframe computer is now in your hands. You are now, if you pulled out your phone to pull up Genesis chapter 12, you were holding a telephone and a computer in your hand that used to fill a room probably half the size. We have advanced because we have been on adventure. We have moved from sailing the seas to discovering by our feet to the railway to the moon to the Hubble telescope to the Mars rover and the space station. Less than 300 years, folks. We have advanced through adventure. Because we have gone on the journey into the unknown to know the unknown. It is, I really think, that Christopher McCandless actually understood something about humanity. Because I really think, for us, it is adventure. If you know my wife, or if you don't, I asked her, by the way, for permission to talk about this. If you know my wife or if you don't, 
my wife Amy, if you, if you were to describe her, some of you who know her would probably say she's, she's fairly smart. Um, she's, she's an entrepreneur. She's sweet and she's gentle. Some of you might stretch and say, you know what, she's really creative, and she would refuse that. But what many people who know her well probably wouldn't even say this even, but I would describe her as an adventurer. And if you were to take a tour of our, <laughs> Nikki's shaking her head, yeah. If you were to take a tour of, of, our, of our front room when you enter our home, you would see it all over. On one of the walls, that's not it. On one of the walls is the word explore that sits above a map, a trail map of the Smoky Mountain National Park that is highlighted of all the trails that my wife and I have traveled, have hiked. And on the other side of that wall, you can see her almost mural to adventure. It's let's go explore the great outdoors. And there's the scripture verse from uh, Joshua chapter 1, 9. Be strong and courageous. And then right above them, it's this little penny bank that says Adventure Fund. If you're not convinced, among our pictures on our bookshelf, all the pictures spanning our 11 years of marriage, our journey together, she has cut out the word adventure. And if you're still not convinced, one day a doormat shows up to our house. And she put it not on the outside of the door coming in, but she puts it on the inside of the door going out. And lo and behold, what does it say? Adventure awaits! It frames our mindset as we go out the door. Because even in Wapakoneta, yes, in Wapakoneta, you can have adventure. And if you're still not convinced, I just urge you, if you've not been up in our children's area, when you go up the stairs and you head right in, you will see a huge sign that says Adventure Cove. She thought Vacation Bible School was a really boring name. So she renamed it to Vacation Bible Adventure because that sounds more fun. And what has happened in our 11 years, I've gone from a man who is fairly prone to be a homebody. <laughs> Somebody's laughing. To a man that actually likes to go on adventure. McCandless and my wife are right. The basic core of our spirit is the passion adventure but see where does it come from how is it ingrained in our DNA within our spirit because even if you just looked at those 300 years we have advanced so far the human race has advanced so far We've gone to where we've never gone before, and we continue to push the limits where even people like to go to the stratosphere and jump out. 
get it, but cool. Where does this come from? Honestly, it comes, it, it's not of human origin. It's actually of divine origin. God himself is the great adventurer. Now, stay with me here. In a couple months, we're going to celebrate Christmas. If you want adventure, that's a story of adventure. First of all, you've got a couple who's a virgin couple who's prego riding a burrow all the way south for 75 miles. Then, in the middle of an evening, in a shoddy manger, comes Jesus, God among us, this most vulnerable thing, God's immensity packed into this human flesh, and he becomes like a human being among human beings. And if that's not enough, you've got the leftover shepherds, the lowly leftover, the looked over, who come and they're the witnesses along with the wild animals. And if that isn't enough adventure for you, you have this maniacal madman, King Herod the baby killer, who wants to off this child. And so up in the middle of the night from a dream, Joseph and his wife, no longer prego, along with the child, go. And they go to Egypt and they wait out this guy. And when this guy dies, they travel back home. And they settle not in Bethlehem where he was born. They settle in Nazareth all the way to the north. That's adventure. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, leaving his throne, entering into humanity like a human in the most vulnerable way, just that journey itself, when the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, he's an adventurer. And if that isn't enough, on the other end of the story, after he goes to the cross and he journeys into the tomb and he sits there for three days and he bounces back from the setback, 50 days later, he boldly goes where no one has gone before. God's spirit enters mankind, exploring what is known to him and what is unknown to us. We now have communion with the creator and we go with him wherever we go. And he goes with us wherever we go. If that is not a story of adventure, I don't know what is. God is the great adventurer. And quite frankly, he's on a journey in your heart as well. Adventure. It's, it's, it's this willingness to, to wander, to travel into the unknown, to literally unveil it for the first time. It's this willingness to, to risk it all to gain what you've never known before. 
And when you go on the adventure, the person you were before you started is unrecognizable to the person you are after the journey. That, that's adventure. It leaves this indelible mark, almost as if you just took off everything you were and you've embraced something new. God is the great adventurer. The the reason that it's in our human spirit is because it's from Him. And so, this month, we journey. We are invited. Yikes. That was awkward. Pulling my ear off. If you're online listening, I lost my microphone. (laughs) Almost taking my ear off. That would be great. Be like Van Gogh. All right. God is inviting you. He's inviting the teenager, the child, the kid, the adult, the lost, the one who feels like they're a wanderer. To wander with them, to go on adventure, maybe for the first time in your entire life. Erwin McManus, he's he's an entrepreneur, he's a he's a futurist, he's a lead pastor of the church. In fact, he said himself that we are most fully alive when we are on adventure with God. God calls us, invites us in to his adventure so that we, you, might experience the fullness for which you were created to experience. And this journey, this adventure is not like the earthly adventure. It's a divine adventure. There are some rules of the road in the earthly adventure that that do apply. However, There are moments when you're on the divine adventure that the rules that applied before, the knowledge that applied before, the experiences that applied before, do not work now. So, Wapak Naz, wherever you are, if you're part of this tribe, you're called to adventure with God. This month, want us to to go to experience what we've never experienced before as a body but as individuals as well as families and there are lessons from those that have gone before us Hebrews chapter 11 it's the faith chapter but honestly Hebrews chapter 11 are the halls of those who have gone before us. And on those halls, they are written. Their names are written on those walls. Those that have adventured with God, whose journey started with God, whose journey ended with God, they experienced adventure. They've seen the unseen. They experienced the inaudible. They heard the inaudible. And they have things to tell us, lessons to impart to us. And today, 
we start that journey with probably the first nomad, Abraham, Abram, Genesis chapter 12. And I'd like for you to, if you haven't already, open up to Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to meet this adventurer who goes on adventure with God. And we're going to learn, we're going to pull some lessons out of his journey that he learned. And so we start Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Folks, just a pause, side note, this is for free. You can't make your name great. Someone else does. They recognize your greatness. They see it in you. They call it out. And quite frankly, it's the Lord that makes your name great. You don't make your name great. It's the people that recognize the greatness in you that make your name great. That one's for free. Yeah. I will make make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So, Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. Folks, if you're 75, you're not dead yet. You're not dead yet. Keep going. Keep going. So let's keep going. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people that they acquired in Haran. They set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him and from there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east and there he built an altar of the Lord to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev heavenly father As we allow the Holy Scriptures to unpack our life, may it resonate with us. May we allow you to do the work in us, but may we not sit on our laurels. May we understand that you have called us to something much more than sitting on our laurels. You've called us to go on adventure with you. And may that start today for somebody in this room may those that are on that adventure be encouraged to continue. Jesus, we love you and we praise you and it's in your name we pray. Amen. First lesson that sticks out. The first lesson on the adventure of God is sacrifice is required and sometimes the sacrifice 
is leaving behind the good for the great. See, the scripture says that God called Abram to leave his country and his people and his father's household and go to the land I will show you. Often we think of sacrifice or killing off those things are negative. We got to sacrifice that on the altar. We got to remove that from our life. We have to get rid of the sin that so easily entangles. We got to move out of the bad habits so that we can replace them with good habits. But sometimes, when God calls you to adventure, sometimes He understands that it's the good things that tie you down, that keep you from the great things. So, Abram was told. Leave what is familiar to you. Leave what is good for you. Leave what is comfortable for you. Leave it behind. Sacrifice it. Cut ties to it. Let it go. On adventure, we can see that Abram didn't really travel light very well because nephew Lot, obviously he's going to take his wife, right? He's not leaving her behind. This is not permission for you to leave your wife or your spouse behind, all right? Not permission at all, okay? But on adventure, moving from here into the unknown so that the unknown becomes known to you and is experienced by you, there are good things in your life that you have been resting on that have been good for you. But see, there's a, there's a great tragedy. There's a great tragedy in this whole journey. Because often, in this journey, the irony sticks out. The most dangerous place for us to be is in the will of God. That is the most dangerous place. But the most tragic place, the most tragic place for us to be is where we're not supposed to be. It's the place of settling. It's the place of good enough. It's a place of, this has gotten me by already. It'll get me there. Again. Leave your country. Leave your people leave your father's household and go to the land I will show you lesson two which is really obvious is that we kind of read over this scripture verse one through three leave your household I'm gonna bless you and then he ends up there but I don't know if you do this but I've done this countless times When I read scripture, I just pass over it. It doesn't really sink in. There's a space and time of the in-between. Does Abraham really know where he's going? Well, the scripture says they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. But what was he told? He was told, go to the land I'll show you. All right. I imagine this moment going down. It's all packed up. We got the camels rolling. 
they're starting to move. Where do I go? What do I do? Which direction do I go? I don't know. People ask me, how did Abraham know which way to go? I have no idea. God just said, go, and I'll show the land to you. So how does he go? What is the lesson that we learn from here? Well, one, sometimes whatever God is calling you to, whatever adventure it is, however great or however small it is, sometimes the instructions are going to be really ambiguous. It's going to be so vague. And all you're going to know is go. That's all you're going to know. Just go, and I'll show it to you. The lesson here, for Abraham, Abram, to get from Haran to Canaan, a place he didn't know he was going, he just had to walk. That's all he had to do, was walk. Well, and listen. Walk and listen. I mean, walking and chewing gum is enough for me, but to walk, chew gum, and listen, that's pretty difficult. Walk and listen. Because I can imagine this moment going down where he's walking in a direction with this entire caravan behind him because it's a pretty big caravan. And as he's walking in one direction, he has this sense that, uh, hey, uh, Abram, rerouting rerouting and I can hear Abram hey Sarah reroute send the message down and you can just hear this message of rerouting rerouting all the way through recalculating your direction pilots that are in jets and airliners you know how often they're on course almost never almost never they're constantly readjusting their trajectory to ensure that they get to where they're going. The adventure with God is a constant recalculation. It's a walk and a listen. And I wonder if the prophet Isaiah thought about Abraham when he wrote these, these words in Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And I don't think about Moses with this scripture. Moses already knew where he was going. Joshua already knew where he was going. Abram, he had no idea. Sometimes in the adventure with God, you have no idea where you're heading. All he's asking you to do is go. Knowing is not as great as obedience. Knowing is not as great as going. And whether you move to the left or the right, God, by His Spirit, will direct you in one way or the other. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, and I believe 26, it says, so I say, Paul says, so I say live by the Spirit. And then he says, keep in step with the Spirit. When you walk, you, you've got to listen. When you're on, venture, on adventure with God, you need to know that you're already going somewhere where He already has been. 
So what may be unknown to you, it's known to him. He's already there. You just need to get there. You just need to go. And it's not about just getting there. It's the journey in between. Because something was developed in Abram. Not only in this journey, but over his lifetime, but this journey specifically. Something developed in him. And it was trusting in God's capacity. Trusting in his character. That was developed within him. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, this is a scripture that when I first became a believer and follower of Jesus Christ back in 1997, this is the first scripture I ever memorized and, and really resonated in my life. In fact, on my first mission trip in Charleston, South Carolina, me and Jeremy Lynch were on top of a roof, finishing out the roof and under the the hang of the, the gable he and I wrote this scripture right on the top of the house trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight not to the left, not to the right but you're adjusted, you're recalculated you're realigned but how do we get there? This has to be developed in you. It had to be developed in Abram. How does it get developed in us? Well, one, we don't rely on what we know. And two, know what you don't know. Well, hold on a second. That's very confusing. I know. Like I said earlier, this is a divine journey on earth there are rules that apply from earth from the adventures that you've gone on before from the experiences that you've had before from your education from your career from the experiences you all come up, come to the table and come to the adventure with a very unique grouping proverbs says don't rely don't lean on your own understanding, right? God is not asking you to remove your intellect. God is not asking you to move, remove your education. God is not asking you to remove your conscience or your common sense. No, God is a God of intellect and reason. He's a God of wisdom. But at some point on this journey, folks, what we know and what we experienced doesn't work because this is a divine journey. And for us to see and experience things of God that are not of earth, when heaven meets, what you already know and what you experience is not good enough. It won't work. It's like oil and water. And I think often, and this is for me, for me, when I rely on what I know, I don't acknowledge what I don't know. That's humbleness, right? When you acknowledge what you don't know, arrogance is not acknowledging what you don't know. Saying, I got it figured out. I'm good. Are you? Sweet. I, no problem. This is icing on the cake, right? I got this. 
you got this? You go, girl. Right? For us. And for Abram. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know how to get there. Wherever God's going to take you, it's uncertain. Acknowledge that you don't know. It's okay to acknowledge what you don't know. And again, who knows it? Who's been there? The disciples. There was a moment of a huge crowd of people who were hungry, probably like you are right now because it's like 10 after 12. We're getting there. Whole group of people and Jesus, uh, and they wanted to get rid of the people so that the people could go feed themselves. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Well, where do we get that? Go look for it. And what do they find? They find five loaves, two fish. Andrew says, how is this going to go with all these people? This is not even a bite for anybody. Jesus breaks it, breaks bread, breaks fish, gives it to the disciples. In that moment, they don't know what's going to happen. But they never acknowledge what they didn't know. They thought they would. Again, earthly principles sometimes don't apply on the divine journey. Earthly principles did not apply in this moment. God used earthly substance to do a divine miracle. And as they went out and they started distributing, the baskets were just continuing to fill with fish and bread. At some point, they had to stop relying on what they understood. At some point, they had to acknowledge what they didn't know. And they just had to walk and be a part and active in the adventure of feeding thousands of people. Lastly, settling is an option. Wait, did pastor just say that? Settling is an option? Yeah, but there's a caveat. Settling is an option, but only if you want to forfeit the promises of God and the blessing. See, Abram was told, leave, leave it all behind. I will bless your name. I will make your name great. I will bless others through you. I will make a great nation from you. Then he left. Years before this, his father, Terah, Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. It says, Terah took his son, Abram, his grandson, Lot, of Haran, his daughter-in-law, Sarai, the wife of his son, Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Years before this, Abram set out with his dad. And they were heading to Canaan. That's where they were going. But when they came to Haran, they settled their family there. And they settled for Haran. How do I know this? How do we know this? Because when Moses was called by God 
to deliver his people, the Israelites, and to take them on a journey. Their end point was the land of Canaan. It was the promised land. When Joshua, 40 years later from that wilderness journey, crosses the Jordan, he takes the whole clan, the whole nation, right across the Jordan River, right into the land of Canaan. This is the land that the Israelites were removed from through the prophets. This is the land that Jesus Christ entered into humanity in Bethlehem. This is the land that Jesus actually walked among humanity. And this is the land that he was crucified on, dead and buried. This is the same land that he lifted up off of and went to the right hand of the Father. This was the land that Terah was supposed to be in. But he settled there. He settled in Haran. Abram didn't settle. Abram didn't know where he was going, but he ended up where he was supposed to be years before, along with his father. Folks, I don't, I don't know the good that you have that may need to be cut off, but sometimes we settle for the good and we forsake and forfeit the promises that God has for you. For you as a family, for you as a teenager and as an individual, for as a mom, a dad, a grandma, for you as a human being, and for us as a church. Sometimes we just settle. We settle in relationships with boyfriends and girlfriends. We settle for the job. We settle for debt. We settle for anxiety. We settle for whatever it may be. God has promises that he wants to fulfill in your life. Abram's father settled for what was less for his family. Parents, moms, dads, grandmas, if you want your kids to go further than you, don't lower the bar in your life. Don't settle for less in your life. Raise the bar so that they can go further. Take them on the journey with you. Let them understand it. Let them experience it. And kids, teenagers, if your parents have lowered the bar, you raise it. You set it high for yourself. Don't settle. Don't settle for that boyfriend or girlfriend that doesn't value you. I mean, you could have a Burger King burger if you want. I tell you what, I'd like a gourmet meal. Right? Don't settle for less. Because God has got promises that he wants to instill in your life. Free you from sin and give you grace and bring life. We are at our fullest when we are on adventure with God. So the lessons today from this guy who went and re-
calculated on the journey. Sometimes you've got to leave good behind. You've got to cut ties for the great. What good in your life needs cut and removed so that you can go to great? You've got to sacrifice. Are you relying on what you know how to do? Are you relying on what you know? Because on this journey, that's helpful, but it only gets us so far. We've got to rely on the one who knows and acknowledge that we don't know. It's okay. It's freeing to say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Heavenly Father, you have called us to be on adventure with you. And man, you are the great example. You boldly went. You walked across the cosmos. And then you entered humanity like one of us, but you were still full God. It's a mind bender. And Lord Jesus, you you don't want to leave us here. There's a lot of unknown to be known. There's a lot of you to be known in that. The blessing of your presence. The blessing of your peace in the midst of uncertainty and chaos. Jesus, if any one of us, if you're speaking into our spirit, you may be today, you may have been for some time. And that we're holding on to to a good thing. It's not even a damaging thing, but we don't realize that that thing, that good thing is holding us back. Lord, reveal that to us. Give us that courage to cut ties to be bold and daring. And Lord, may we just start to walk. Start to walk and listen. If we don't know your voice, when we start to go, we'll start to learn your voice. We start to listen for you. Lord, tune our hearts and our ears and our minds, our spirits into your voice. And may we filter it through your word to make sure it's your voice. Lord Jesus, help us learn how to rely on you, to not trust in horses and chariots, to not trust necessarily in, in anything else but you. We need to trust in you. So teach us what that is, how to do that, what it looks like. We're learners at your feet. And Father, whether we're 75 or 5, we're alive. You're not done. You're not finished. 
we can experience the fullness of God at any age and at any time. Remind each and every one of us of that truth. And Lord Jesus, if we are settling, will you convict us? Reveal to us what we're settling for. And kind of give us a glimpse of what we could experience if we didn't. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice and your love and your grace. It is in your holy name that we ask today, Jesus. Amen. Would you mind standing, please? Folks, may you love people to Jesus Christ. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And will you please, please love your neighbor as yourself. Have a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope you are moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you are moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.